listening to Helping Those with DID, a podcast of Lydia Discipleship Ministries. Thanks for your desire to gain more understanding of how to best help those with dissociative issues. You can visit our website for resources at www.lydiadm.org. And now over to Elaine. Hi friends, my name is Lindy and I am part of the LDM team. And I'm joining Dr. Elaine here today to ask some important questions on the topic of spiritual warfare, something you've looked at in your past few podcasts. So let's just dive into some of these common questions that really need to be answered to get a great grasp of what this is and what it means, especially to those who are counseling. So first question would be, what is Satan's role in woundedness? Well, you know, I think Satan is an opportunist. He looks for vulnerability, he looks for weakness, so it's not surprising that the people that we minister to in their woundedness also can get tangled up in spiritual warfare or uh, demonic issues. I believe that Satan is involved at all levels in woundedness. He causes the woundedness. He causes the wicked acts that people do against uh, the dear ones. So he's the instigator of that wickedness. And then also he intensifies the wounds. He intensifies the woundedness and tries to add his, um, his tormenting toward the person that is added on to the normal woundedness a person has experienced. But also, Satan tries to prevent healing. I think that's a really important one because um, often, if you're counseling someone, uh, whether there's an intense level of woundedness, whether you know there's demonic involvement perhaps or not demonic involvement, I'm assuming that we all realize the real power of prayer, praying for that person, and specifically praying against Satan's work to intensify their pain and woundedness and also to prevent healing. I think we need to be very specific in prayer about that. Thank you. That makes a lot of sense. So in the same realm, how does a wicked spirit enter a person? Well, I don't think it's a mystical thing because in scripture, I think we mentioned it in another podcast, the whole concept of giving ground to the enemy. It's the word opportunity. Don't give him a foot in the door. I don't know about you, but back in the day when insurance salesmen used to come to the houses, go door to door and try to sell insurance, it was well known if he got his foot partway in the door, you were going to buy insurance because his training was such that if he could gain entry just a little bit, it could grow from there. And that's the concept of what Satan does. It's like in a battle plan. We give a little bit of our ground as believers and as one who's united with Christ over to Satan, and then a little bit more and a little bit more. At some point, and I don't know exactly where that is, Satan decides, well, I'm just going to send one of my representatives into that person's life to oversee uh, all that I'm going to do in their life. 
It's not that every time a person sins, a wicked spirit enters, but the concept is um, repeatedly giving Satan an opportunity is like him getting the foot in the door as an insurance salesman. Uh, so usually that's how it's done. I should mention one other thing. When you're dealing with generational SRA, wicked spirits can be sent by a, a person in the family to another member of the family, especially to the children. In other words, grandparents specifically, well, let me give an example. I know in the Spanish culture, uh, I assume it still is true that when a baby is born, the grandmother assigns uh, what they consider to be a guiding angel over to that child to watch over them their whole life. I'm not so sure that that guiding angel is the right side of the angels. It's it's the one-third of the angels that fell, um, that part of the enemy. Um, and so inadvertently, you know, there's the, in that case, the grandmother, it's her job to do that, and she's not trying to harm a child. But there is an authority line in a family that makes it so that this is possible. And likewise, if uh, a person is, their parents are um, extensively involved in SRA, then they can, as part of their worship, as part of the satanic cults and everything, place a wicked spirit in their child. Mm -hmm. I know of one situation where the grandmother was dying and she was a very powerful witch. And before she died, she passed on all the demons within her to her granddaughter. Mm -hmm. Now the granddaughter didn't open the door, but I've never found a case where someone else has opened the door in a person's life, except for when there's generational SRA. So it's kind of a unique situation. Specific to that environment. That makes sense to me. So I'm hearing you also say there can be a progression. That's a perfect analogy with the salesman. Mm -hmm. um, so different scenarios. Regardless of that, how would someone get rid of a wicked spirit in their life once that has taken place? Well, it's, again, not a very mystical thing because we have authority over the demons. That's kind of a statement that some people don't believe in. But Christ said it himself, and the, when the disciples came back, they were really, you know, hepped up about the fact that the demons had to obey them. And he, the Lord said, well, that's no surprise, you know. Um, and he refocuses them to something that is more really life-giving. Um, if it's based on ground, then taking back the ground uh, will make it so the enemy doesn't have any place to stand on. Now, does that mean that he will immediately go uh, leave the life in most cases? Uh, for example, uh, even with working with DID situations, I remember uh, talking to a little part and I asked her a question and she said, well, I can't say anything because that guy's over my shoulder. Well, the guy over her shoulder was her way to describe a demon that was within her. 
And so using age-appropriate language, I said, well, do you want him in there? And she said, no, I don't. And so I said, well, tell him to get out of there and not come back. And that's all that was needed. There wasn't necessarily a special prayer or, uh, you know, having to go through A, B, and C. Um, It's just a simple fact of taking background. Now, in that case, that that was an SRA generational issues that had been placed there, the demon head. But in other situations, say that a person is so stuck in unforgiveness that it has become a place where the enemy not only got his foot in the door, but he's sitting in the couch drinking coffee. So uh, being able to um, ask God's forgiveness and taking back the ground and then commanding to leave. Some people feel comfortable in saying, I um, cut you loose out of my life and send you where Jesus Christ wants you to go. I think that's a safe prayer. Mm-hmm. Thank you for that. So if I'm a counselor and I realize there's spiritual warfare involved in a situation, how should I approach that? Well, the first thing is using your discernment to discern that. Um, I always think it's it would be helpful if each team, ministry team, whether it's uh, some a prayer partner that sits in with a counselor or a separate prayer team that's praying while the counseling thing are going on, to have a person who has the spiritual gift of discerning of spirits because it's listed as a real spiritual gift. And it's different than just, we all get discernment from the Lord, but it's listed as a specific gift. And people that have that gift, there's just a sensing that they're aware of, you know, I think this this is happening here. I think a demon has attached to a part or something like that. Um, but I don't know of many places that have that. But just also then praying, Lord, I don't have that gift, but I ask you to give me discernment to divide, especially in the DID realm, the parts off from the demons. Um, sometimes the, the demons just influence from the inside, like a part will be talking and saying, well, I can't choose Jesus because he's a liar or something, some major thing, and it's very obvious that the demons are giving them ideas and resistance to the Lord. But other than that, sometimes there's a demonic eruption um, in the middle of a counseling session. Um, and as human beings, those of us who have experienced that, it kind of makes the hair on the back of your neck stand up because it's so surprising and so all of a sudden. Um, but the same thing is true. Um, our authority in Christ extends to the wounded person sitting there. They have authority in Christ. They have authority in Christ to command the enemy to leave, and he has to leave. So if, uh, for example, I was ministering to somebody and all of a sudden there was just kind of a growly voice, you know, she belongs to us and you can't help her or something. Well, I may get a point not to dialogue with demons. 
Um, I, I, he, he, they work for a guy called the Prince of Liars, so I'm not sure I'm going to get any useful information. I would rather ask the Holy Spirit for the information that I need. And I think many of us at the beginning of our ministries were involved more in talking to demons, and in, in some cases especially it kind of ruined uh, the effectiveness. But. So I don't talk to them, but I talk past them to the person and say something like, and, and at this point, the demon is fully in charge. The person, I can't, and she can't answer me, for example. So I say, well, I assume that you know that there's a wicked spirit right here being strong. And I said, um, what I'd like you to do is fight your way to the top. And in the DAD world, there's an understanding somehow innately of what that means. In other words, I'm asking her to come up in as much of a full control as she can or a part can. And so I wait a while, and then in the meantime, this demon is just, you know, glaring at me or whatever. Um, and so when she's able to gain a measure of control, I ask her, uh, do you want this demon to stay? And she says, no. And so I said, well, why don't you, if, if you don't know of any ground you've given, you could use the if prayer. Lord, if I've given ground that has allowed this demonic presence here, I ask your forgiveness. And I take back any ground that he has and I give it to you, Lord Jesus. And uh, I command this wicked spirit to cut loose from my life and go where Jesus Christ sends him. And then there's no more demon. Now sometimes the enemy thinks, well, if I bring up more insurance plans one after the other, maybe eventually they'll get give up, they'll get discouraged because I'm not leaving yet. And so that's something that I've seen the enemy do is by his persistence, try to prove, well, see, you, you can't get rid of me. But if that person just maintains that same thing, I'm, I'm united with Christ. The authority that people have for dealing with the demonic comes directly from the cross. And there's a, in one of our studies, there's a little two-page thing about our authority in Christ. And it looks at what happened, what really was done at the cross. Everything uh, theology-wise that our beliefs that we have all go back to the cross. You know, our freedom, our rescue, our, you know, our authority, everything goes back to that. So I hope that answers it. I took a bit of a rabbit trail there, but... Definitely um, offers some good concrete advice for those situations. Now, as someone who's trying to minister, how do you see Satan trying to affect that person who's trying to offer the help? I think there are two main ways or categories. One is a fear of him. And, of course, if there's been SRA, your client will be very very frightened of him as well. So you need to model not being afraid. Well, how do you do that if you really are afraid? Again, the ammunition of Scripture, uh, verses that talk about greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world. No weapon that's formed against you will prosper. Or God has not given us the spirit of fear, but a power and love and a sound mind. Using those against the fear 
and and bringing it out before the Lord. Lord, I'm fearful. I ask you to help me and show me how to resist this fear. So there's fear. The other thing is there's fascination. And that's where I think some people that sort of went amok in their ministries decades ago by talking to wicked spirits, it was it was like, wow, this is amazing. This spiritual event is occurring right here in my office. And and the the fascination can get people into trouble. I remember a ministry um, that was out east and two ladies from it came and we were having dinner. And even before we sat down to order, uh, one of them was writing on the napkin and saying, oh, you, you should see what we figured out. There's like 12 levels of demons and there's like four on the top. And, and just her voice showed how steeped in fascination about this she was. And unfortunately, that was one of the ministries that sort of went down the tubes. And I think maybe in large part because of that fascination. Um, so there's fear or there's fascination. Another thing is um, hindrances. Um, things like uh, when you're in a session and you mean to mention something because she just said something and you had a thought, that's one of the trails I want to go down. And then it's completely gone from your head. You can't even remember what it was, you know. So that's why pre-prayer, before you go to this session, Lord, I just announced that the enemy cannot harass us. He cannot um, hinder us in any way. Um, and, and setting the rules, even I refuse to allow any demonic eruptions in this office. Um, so that it, our authority is, is clear because we've gone to the Lord beforehand. That makes a lot of sense. So along with this awareness and participation in the Lord's work of spiritual warfare, on the other side, how do I avoid ending up seeing a demon behind every rock, as it were, and finding that right, appropriate balance? Right. I often use the phrase of helping people learn um, um, biblical spiritual warfare. Um, somebody, and I didn't count it, so I might be wrong, that Christ talked about wicked sport, spirits more than he talked about the gospel in referencing wicked spirits. I mean, he was very aware of them. He dealt with them. Um, and so I think part of that fear leads to seeing a demon behind every bush. Um, I'm a little bit, well, I guess maybe different people have different perspectives. My perspective is if you start naming every sin, with, uh, he has a demon of lust. Mm. He has a demon of whatever, or Jezebel, this demon of whatever. Um, yes, maybe, yes, not. But every time we sin, we don't have, I had a demon of, of egotism today. I had a demon of, you know, overeating. I had a demon. I mean, if you find yourself doing that, you might want to go to the Lord and say, Lord, is my fear or fascination of this realm of spiritual warfare um, 
impacting me in a way that the enemy's taken advantage of me. He's distracting me with all this kind of stuff. Um, sometimes, um, if you are in a church that emphasizes deliverance, and by that there's, in my mind, it's a good word and a bad word. The bad word working out of it that I've seen is that other people take authority and cast out demons from the person. Well, what about when the person just walks out of your counseling office? The demons are just going to say, well, that lady's not there anymore. But we're going to come back in. And it talks about getting rid of demons, and it uses the analogy in Scripture of being in a house and you sweep it, you clean the whole thing out, but you don't put any furniture back in it. And so then demons come back seven times as many because the person's passivity, I don't know if they went to a deliverance ministry or what, but for some reason their house was swept. But then there was nothing after that. There was no living in the truth. Um, so I think that form of deliverance it makes me a little bit nervous, especially in the DID realm. It's very scary to have somebody yelling and, and you know, commanding demons, and the little parts in there are deciding, well, I'm never going to come out and talk to this guy. Um, so that can often be part of it. Thanks so much for your thoughts. This is really insightful, and I'm looking forward to hearing more soon. You can visit our website for resources at www.lydiadm.org.